got a new flat screen today. We're playing Bionicles. Got all this off Craigslist. Work hard, play hard, baby. Welcome to No Dunks presented by the NBA. That's game. I'm Tass Mellis. With me is the international man of mystery, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lele. And the man making the magic happen. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Usually. This time of year. It's the off season, but there's an exhibition going on in Las Vegas. Usually we're there, but this year we've got... So many important things to do. For instance, the guys are recording a fast and furious recap of the entire movie series. There's a Formula One show coming out produced by No Dunks next week. We even have a show about the NBA Hall of Fame body parts wing. What? Uh, it's, if, a hall, if the Hall of Fame had a wing with basketball body parts, what would be in it? That show is coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, August 17th. Check that out. It's an Apple exclusive. you got to subscribe on Apple for that. Actually, we had a lot of fun with that. So anyways, we're busy, but we do want to get to Summer League, and that's why we have the Athletics' Dave DeFore joining us from the arena in Vegas. Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it's the only place in Vegas with consistent Wi-Fi, so I figured I'd uh, get up here kind of early. <laughs> I mean, as, as you guys can see, I have the Vegas eyes. You know, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. blending right in, and uh, I've I've actually not hung out in Vegas once. I, I really uh, haven't seen the sun for days. I just come into the gym, hang out here all day, and uh, and then leave. And yet, still, I look like I've been in a casino for the last ten days. <laughs> yeah, my face my face just looks like a roulette wheel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we were talking off air, and uh, I heard the the little frog in your throat, and I, that it brought me back. And you said, "No, I mean." Uh, I asked if you had stayed up all night. You said no. Uh, it's no. just Vegas. It's just that's the way it rolls, man. Well, and that, and you know, I mean, obviously, our reality right now, like we're living in masks and uh, trying to speak to people through masks. Uh, basically, I turned into Doc Rivers uh, after about thirty minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. So what's it? What's it like though out there, Dave? Because you know, I've seen a little bit on TV, and it looks like there's a fairly decent crowd attending a lot of the games. Like apart from obviously people wearing masks it kind of looks like it always does out there like there's a lot of uh handshaking going on there's a lot of back uh, back rubs going on a lot of uh, meeting and greeting and networking so you know is it just as normal because i know you've been there obviously in years prior yeah uh, i wouldn't say it's normal right there's a lot i mean everyone's doing the hey you don't know who i am look at me without right. my mask for two seconds you know um but I don't know. We all see, are seeing our friends. There's a lot of hugging, you know, and, and I know that we're not supposed to do that, but I'm sorry, I can't help myself. It, it really it really has been nice. I mean, like with what we've all kind of gone through globally uh, to see your friends for the first time in a long time. It's been it's been a great week. This is already it's already my favorite week of the year because I get to see so many people that I really like and that I connect with on more than just basketball, like just similar sensibilities. And so it's been nice to catch up with so many of these people that that I haven't seen, and I got to be honest, man. Like I haven't been in an arena with fans. The last right. time uh, was at Sloan, March twenty twenty. Uh, I was at the Utah Jazz Boston Celtics game, like five days before the the league shut down. And so, for me personally, it's it's actually just been nice to see kids having fun watching basketball. Like it's cool. I know that's mm. corny, but I don't know, man. 
Yeah, but I think we've missed a lot of that. You know, we took it for granted for so long. So, you know, to have it sort of coming back there like that, it does, you make, it makes you appreciate it a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, you know, talking about pulling your mask down, I mean, in the past, you just have to look at everyone's credential to be like, you know, I recognize that guy, but I can't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know quite who it is. I have to do a little quick look down to see who it is. So this year you're saying everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, it's me. Oh, yeah, hey, how you doing, man? Well, especially me. I'm just another bald white dude with the mask on. You know, like, you don't get the whole iconic Who is that, image. John Hollinger? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it, it's true that you are a hugger, uh, and I'm glad to see you haven't changed because I'm going to throw this up here on YouTube. Uh, I remember you came through the, the No Dunk studio last year. It's the first time we met, but we had a, a good hug, as you see here on, on the tube. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, man, I, I think that uh, it's important to touch people. It's good, <laughs> right? It's one, it's one of our senses, man. We need them. Yeah. Uh, what hotel are you staying at? I'm at the Link. Um, so I, I do sports business classroom here at, at Summer League every year, and, and you know that's where we put up our students this year. The, the Palms, where we usually stay, I guess, is shut down for now. So we're at the Link, which is a different experience. I've never actually stayed on the Strip. Um, yeah. it, it's a whole other ball game when you have to walk outside and – you know, at 6 a.m. and there's different things happening. Uh, at, at the Palms, you know, the pros stay there, so there's never anything happening on the floor outside. But uh, the amateurs are out in full force, let's just say that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and Lee was saying it does feel similar on TV. I think they've done a good job of you know showing the product and making it feel like this. these are uh, just like old summer leagues. And maybe I've been swayed because I haven't had to, you know, go through the everyday, uh, the you know, the cycle of being there in Vegas. But it feels like a good summer league to me as well. And, and maybe that's because, again, uh, I'm just seeing the, the little clips of guys throwing it behind their back and all that. But... Uh, I don't know. Can you can you rank it? Is this the best summer league you've ever been to? Sure. I mean, look, I mean, recency bias. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, we're back in the gym, man. Like, so yeah, yeah, this is this is my favorite thing. Summer league is my favorite NBA basketball. Like, it's earnest. It's honest. There's a lot of guys out here that don't have jobs that are trying to get a job, and, and you can see that. I mean, good and bad, you can see that, right? Like, a lot of guys are a little bit maybe too excited trying to get a job, but. I don't know. I love this. I, I love to see guys getting opportunity to showcase their talent, not just for NBA teams, G League teams, but for, you know, maybe they're going to go to Europe. And, and there's something about that as a basketball coach. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for that. And there's not as much flopping here as, as you catch during, you know, like uh, mm. the NBA regular season. Well, maybe they're trying to get used to the new uh, rules, aren't they? I mean, uh, well, I guess that's more, you know, you can't jump into the player uh any any more out there but i did want to ask uh they're using the wilson balls i'm sure then um for this season like uh any talk about that anyone saying man i don't like these balls or is it just like you know what no one really cares it's a lot of guys who aren't used to touching the ball much so i don't know if they noticed right like they're like oh it's a different ball oh wait is this what it always felt like you know um i mean you get like desmond bain out here running point guard and he touches the ball what five or six times a game so uh no nobody's actually brought up the ball which i guess is a good thing right because the last time that he changed the ball that was one of the big complaints you know uh, that they went to that synthetic leather and everyone only talked about the ball so if you change balls and no one's mentioning it i think that's a good thing i mean we we would have content for days if the ball was awful right Well, we should talk a little bit about the stars as much as uh, it is fun to talk about those guys, your Josh Primos, who are going to make the roster and how many minutes they're going to play. I do want to get your feel on some of the top guys in the draft. Let's just go straight to the top. 
Cade Cunningham with the Pistons. There was a little, uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess a little criticism after his first game. He took a couple shots and then just kind of faded away in that game. But he's bounced back. What is your take sort of on, uh, on Cade Cunningham's game? Well, my big take is you should never judge anyone by their first summer league game, right? And, and let's not forget, Killian Hayes was out there and uh, I guess didn't realize why everyone was in the gym. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to see Cade just every possession take the ball, but I think there's a little bit of maturity there when you can be a, a Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham who was, uh, you know, the number one pick. I mean, clearly the best player in this gym this whole week. And to kind of settle a little bit to be second banana. Like Killian Hayes was running so much of the offense in those early games. And, uh, you know, you watch Caden, he really just kind of blended in. And then as the week has gone on, one of the things I've noticed about him, more than just the play, like he had the game where he hit seven threes or whatever. I don't, I don't care about that. But he's a leader. And that's fascinating to watch for a guy who is a rookie. I mean, he's been a, a professional for, what, 10 days? pretty amazing uh the way that he's connected with his teammates he's great about making eye contact i mean these are like weird things to pay attention to but i think ultimately they are going to lead to his success in the league i mean when you watch the way he is engaged fully in summer league i mean this is the number one pick he doesn't have to be here if he didn't want to like he he could just do the oh i tweaked my ankle and i'm out but he's fully engaged with his teammates so the you know the play is whatever but i'm seeing flashes of a guy who is clearly going to be the number one dude for a team that needs one. I mean, and when was the last time the Pistons had a guy like that? I mean, Chauncey Billups? Mm-hmm. Well, as a, as a leader, I yeah, guess. Yeah, a I mean, real uh, leader. Yeah. Going, and it's a young team. A it's a young yeah. team. And so, you know, for him to, to come into the league with those natural instincts, I think that's kind of special. I mean, Luca had this, right? Like, we, we yeah. saw that first year with Luca, um, and we're seeing that with Cade. And, I mean, I, I think that that's where he's going to differentiate himself is to be able to step into a leadership role on day one. I mean, again, you go back and watch the film of him, and he is just fantastic with his teammates. It's it's really special. It is. He is uh, definitely getting everyone around him involved. And I listened to uh, Jermaine O'Neal, who runs a camp in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, he was on the Athletic NBA show with Aldridge and Marcus Thompson. He was talking about how Cade Cunningham came through that camp, and he was just a guy who wanted to get everybody involved. And I feel like that... Uh, it's been happening in summer league. I feel like there's a lot of maturity on the floor, not just from Cade Cunningham, but from a lot of the top picks. They seem to want to be there. They seem to just want to make their teammates better. And uh, uh, yeah, Cade Cunningham kind of started slow and then he banged home seven threes. But I think Dwayne Casey in Detroit is going to love this guy, as, uh, as you said, as a leader. I, and I know there are some guys who are making some smart business decisions. They could be in the sports business classroom, Dave. They are deciding after a week, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Time to go home. Jalen Green's hamstring. I mean, he's he's injured, but yeah, it's got time to get out of there. Some of those guys are, are being uh, smart about that. So let's get to Jalen Green because I know a lot of people are claiming he has been the best player, the number two pick with the Rockets. And uh, as much as I'm trying not to watch you know, every minute of summer league, it's hard not to see Jalen Green. That guy has been a monster. Well, luckily his highlights are stuff you want to watch, right? Like it's yeah. um, that guy. I mean, not to be cliche, but he's a bucket. You know, I mean, he can get a bucket no matter what. Like, he he just walks on the court, and, and you know that he can get to every spot. And, and I think that that guy is going to be really, really good. I actually think he's going to wind up being a good defender. Houston, in general, um, had a bunch of fun athletic guys. I mean, uh, Josh Christopher, I think, is a player. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw how confident he was. He may have to do some G League time, but I think that guy is going to be an NBA player. Um, Shingoon has been 
uh, a revelation. I, I, I haven't watched any of these guys in the lead-up. Um, you know, my draft work is, is very limited. I, I basically spend like a month ahead of the draft catching up because we're so in the weeds. I don't, I, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I'm so in the weeds with the NBA uh, that it's hard yeah, for same. me to have the bandwidth. And so uh, some of these guys I'm seeing, I mean, I'm definitely seeing them live for the first time, but I'm really getting a chance to see what they can do. You know, I hear and I read and you watch clips, but then you watch a full game and, I mean, what Shingun has done defensively has been eye-opening. I mean, it just uh, – he had one uh, – back, his back-to-back possessions, just fantastic contests without fouling, um, very mobile, surprising. I don't know if you guys saw him doing the splits. Oh, that here fl- we are. I'll show it to you right now. This <laughs> guy's doing the wow. splits during a game, just getting ready to, to check in. He's courtside in full oh splits position. Goodness. He's a seven-footer. I find that amazing. We just talked about the NBA Hall of Fame body parts. I mean, this guy is ready to be. We didn't have legs as a body part. No, but if, or or uh, flexibility, maybe. I mean, yeah. that's maybe a little too specific. But yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, Hall of Fame groin is a whole different show. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, that flexibility, I mean, so that actually is strength. You know, flexibility is, is a good sign of strength for a guy. He's very strong. I mean, he. I'm not going to say he's in his man's body yet, but – He's clearly uh, more developed than the other guys in his age range. And, and when you see how solid he is uh, with his defensive position, uh, it's not a surprise when you watch him on the offensive end because he gets seals early. He's got great feet, good hands. I, he's been one of the more impressive guys to me just because it's not very flashy what he does, but it's very solid. And, and I, I'm interested to see how he and Jalen Green work together because that is a fascinating combo. Like, what if the next five years we're watching the next Stockton and Malone, you know, the the modern version of that, whatever it's going to be. It's going to – I guess he'll be pick-and-pop guy a little bit more than, than Malone um, or at least shoot yeah. threes instead of the elbow, you know. Um, but <laughs> it's fun, man. I, I Like, again, Summer League is my favorite thing. It's so hopeful. Everyone <laughs> comes to the gym. Nobody, nobody thinks their team is awful in Summer League. N- no one's complaining, oh, man, the Rockets are terrible. They're going to be complaining that the Rockets are terrible because they're going to be really bad this season. But there's a lot of hope here, and it's fun, man. What about, uh, you know, one of the always draw cards in the last – well, I guess it was a couple of years ago when Lonzo Ball came out and uh, LeVar was there. He brings the whole family, the whole entourage. You know, they opened the top uh, the top Upper floor ball. there of the uh, Thomas and Mack Arena. I think that's the first time they did it when Lonzo was playing. And so Leangelo is out there. And look, I haven't been, I'll admit, I'm not sitting there. I'm not a summer league junkie. I'm not going through YouTube recaps every day of every game. But it's impossible to not ignore the fact that Leangelo has been playing pretty well out there. The Hornets haven't been winning. Um, have you, you know, seen any of him? I mean, do you think he could actually get in? Because I think he's got a camp invite. I think that's where he's at right now. So he doesn't have a contract. But certainly from what I'm seeing online and from social media, it, it feels like Leangelo might be in the league next season. He might. I, I think he's a player. You know, we know he knows how to play. I mean, all the, the ball brothers, the, the one thing that you cannot knock LeVar for is he taught those guys how to be good teammates. Don't they seem fun to play with? You know, like, yeah, those are guys that I would like to play with. But Leangelo in particular, he figured out how to shoot. He's gotten his body a little bit better because he's not the talent that his brothers are. Uh, I don't know. There was there was one. uh, It was a series of possessions in a row. You know, he 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 hits a layup, comes down, has a fantastic defensive stop, uh, you know, ball denial, perfect uh, contest on a on a jump shot, runs the floor 
hangs below the level of the ball, waits on the wing for the three, trail three, like Danny Green style, and you guys know I'm going to throw <laughs> Danny Green in there. But it was just, you know, it's that basketball IQ is clearly there. And I think that if as long as he can keep his body in shape, which shouldn't be an yeah. issue, um, he might be a player. And yeah. this is one of, like, I was rooting for Alonzo to go to Charlotte because I actually like that kind of stuff. And I wonder what it would look like with, with those guys out there. But if he does play, his brother's going to get him like a 50-point game. I just feel it. You know what I mean? It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, and I, I hope he makes it because yeah. it, it's, it's fun, right? Like, and he plays a fun team style of basketball, and, and I think he's been pretty good, man. I, like, dig through the tape on him. It, it's surprising. He, he's figured something out. I, he may start in the G League, but I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if he, if he comes up. Yeah. Well, that's a bit like Lamelo. I mean, he obviously went to Australia and played. You know, he didn't go through the, the college system. So for uh, Leangelo, you know, maybe it just takes a little bit longer. I think he was on the Pistons roster last year for uh, yeah. for a cup of coffee. So he sort of has dabbled. But, uh, you know, like Lonzo and like Lamelo, um, you know, that shot isn't the prettiest in the world. But both Lonzo and Lamelo figured out a way to get it to go in. So if they can knock down those shots, we know they've got good court vision, they're good passers, they're good rebounders. And as you say, they are good teammates. Like, uh, you know, they, they don't really have that reputation that, that I sort of thought LeVar might, you know, put onto them as far as them being attention seekers and loud and almost disruptive. Instead, they're kind of pretty humble. So, you know, based on, on his two brothers, I think Leangelo playing well here really has put himself in a good position to, uh, you know, to get a solid contract for next season, which would be, it'd be great to see. And, and to jump, jump on, um, you've been, you mentioned the G League a, a few times, and, and what I like about Summer League happening and with Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga coming from the G League last year, it's becoming less and less taboo just to utter the word G League in, in the same sentence with potential NBA player. I would think like a Leandro Ball or uh, you know some of the guys, Josh Christopher you mentioned, potentially going to the G League, playing aside a guy who came from the uh, the G League and Jalen Green with that one-year program, I think it's becoming a little bit more accepted by NBA players that they can go down to a minor league system. I know a lot of guys have come from the minor league. You mentioned Danny Green. He he honed that shot there in the D League. That's how long uh, ago that was. But I think it it is becoming a little bit more acceptable for these guys to go and hone their craft. And uh, I think Leandro Ball, yeah, obviously, even though he had a – a, a cup of coffee, an invite with the Pistons. He never uh, suited up for them. He right. obviously went somewhere and worked on his game. And uh, that's what everybody has to do to to, to come back and uh, be a part of a, an NBA roster. And I think uh, Leandro Ball could do that. Although they have other guys that are going to be catch and shooting uh, LaMelo Ball's passes next year because they did some good work with uh, James Booknight at number 11. He is catch and shooting He's on fire out there. And then Kai Jones at number 19, throwing down some dunks. I think I'm kind of excited for the Rockets next year uh, with, with all those parts that you mentioned there, especially Jalen Green, how freaking good he is uh, in space, just finding the hole. But the Hornets were exciting last year. Miles Bridges, LaMelo, uh, and others. And now they're adding Booknight. They're adding Kai Jones. I think lock it in. Uh, I think they're going to be the, uh, the the most exciting team next year just to watch. I, you know, whether or not they're uh, a top six team, that's going to be hard in the East. But uh, I think they'll be the a hot ticket anyway to watch next season. They have good energy. 
right? The ball has energy. Mm-hmm. This is a Mike D'Antoni thing. The ball has energy, so you want to see it move. They are they are strict in their .5 principles, which is, you know, that half a second that you get to make a decision. You're either going to shoot it, you're going to pass it, you're going to drive, right? Like, they are strict about it, and I think uh, Coach Coach Perego has done a great job. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, they, they're getting him an extension, I think. I don't know if they've wrapped that up, but I he's think, going to he, extend. I think they announced that already, actually, yeah. Yeah, so. and and – well deserved. I mean, this yeah. was a team that had no hope, and you know, you add a couple of talented players and a really, really talented coach from San Antonio. You know, so he knows how it's done. He's been there. He's seen it, and it's pretty clear that they're building something fun and special. And so they were already like number one in my league past rankings last year. I mean, you know, Danny Larue loves them, and, and so you know that they're good. <laughs> um, but I will say this: Book Night. Um, he better hope Davion Mitchell isn't out there every night because mm. I watched Davion Mitchell lock him up. I mean, it was that was a defensive display like I've never seen at Summer League. I mean, Summer League is great basketball, but it's not usually amazing defense. And Davion not, Mitchell really never. put it on James Booknight. Uh, I don't know if there was something personal there or not, but uh, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, Sacramento yeah. Kings guard, number nine pick. I uh, plays a lot bigger than his size. I, I question when they drafted him, you know, do you want to play him with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton? Is that the pick to make it number nine? But he literally shut down uh, an NBA player next year at Summer League, like literally sent him the other way, like 24 seconds of defense. No, sir. You are not getting a shot off. Davion, Davion Mitchell is the real deal defensively. I wonder if they play all those three guys in Sacramento. Uh, that was something that never, never happens at Summer League. It's just, no. You're, you're allowed to get a shot off, and, but that was, that was really impressive. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like the Devin Booker, uh, you know, the gym sessions from a couple of years ago. Like, what are we doing? Uh, what, what's, yeah. what's happening here? And, and you know, <laughs> Pretty quickly, Charlotte started subbing Book Night out when when Davion Mitchell was in there, and and I get it because you need those guys to get those reps. And uh, Davion Mitchell was not interested. They don't care. He didn't care what their plan was. He was like, nope, he's not touching the ball. And I was really really impressed by that. It was a guy that really wanted to make a statement. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine that works on the coaching staff with the Kings, and she feels like he's going to be able to guard up with no problem. Now I, I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm curious to see it. I mean, he's he's got an NBA ready body. He clearly can defend. Uh, maybe the offensive end could be an issue, but uh, I don't know. A six foot one guy guarding six seven wings in the NBA is uh, feels precarious. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often. Uh, speaking of guys who are trying to make an impact, and again, I know you haven't been sort of watching every single game, but it's hard to sort of not know that uh, Bol Bol has had some a couple of really good moments. And, hmm. and I'm a big bowl lever in uh, bowl bowl, uh, but he hasn't really been able to, you know, grasp a firm uh, place in the Nuggets rotation. There was talk about, you know, uh, a, a trade there with the Aaron Gordon stuff. They wanted to keep bowl bowl. They, they also think that, you know, he can be a contributor. Anything you're seeing or hearing that this is more than just a, a summer? I think he had 26 points the other day. He's going coast to coast. Like, he's got incredible handle for a guy that big and that lanky. So are you hearing anything that, that you know, maybe this is the sort of time for Bol Bol to get uh, a bit more of a permanent, um, you know, spot on the rotation for the Nuggets? We're going I, deep, Dave. We're going I, I deep, am, baby. Man. Yeah. I love Dave's it. On the spot. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I think it's important not to get bowled over by summer league uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Here we um, go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I, I will say I did. I, I I actually got to see some ball, and I like that he's got the ball in his hands a little bit here. Um, the the pull up, the off the dribble threes that he that he's 
been taking, those are good. I mean, if you think about it, he's a wing. And if he's going to play, he's yeah. got to play on the wing because you're not going to play him in the middle. Uh, even when they zoned up with him at center last year, it didn't work well. Like, he doesn't have the natural instincts to guard in the middle, protect the rim. Uh, and you can't do with him what they're able to do with Jokic because his feet aren't as good. You know, Jokic yeah. is able to come up, he can blitz and, and use his hands. I mean, that's actually where he's best defensively. Um, it's a little bit confusing because we're so used to the to the drop big and, and playing at the rim, but Jokic and what he does is, is kind of special. Uh, but Bowl can't do that stuff. So I think that ultimately if he's going to play, he's going to be on the wing. Uh, I don't know who he guards, maybe no one, but – he can put it in the basket. That's never yeah. been the question, right? Like the, the question with him has always been, what's he going to do on the defensive end? I'd like to see him get a role there. I mean, you know, backup player defense just isn't as important. He's not going to get a lot of minutes against Embiid or anything like that. So uh, I'd like to see them throw throw him out there a bit. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I don't think I can believe it yet. Hmm. Hmm. Was that a bowl leave it? Believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I believe you did that. Uh, let, let's take a quick break because we got to talk about Jalen Suggs. I know people want to hear whether or not the Raptors made the right pick at at four with Scotty Barnes. Here's the answer. In the words, yeah, you, in, you think so, Dave? I, I agree with you. In the words of uh, Scotty Barnes, bang, bitch. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. We'll talk Jonathan Kaminga. We'll talk the Clippers trade. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with no dunks. I want to get into uh, the Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs scenario at the 4-5 picks in the NBA draft. I know a lot of fans were surprised the Raptors took Scotty Barnes at 4, but I know a lot of front offices would have made that same pick. Although, obviously, Jalen Suggs, that guy can ball. But let's start. Let's start with Scotty. You, you said that it, it wasn't a mistake in your eyes that the Raps took Scotty Barnes. What do you think about him so far? I mean, they took a good player who comes into the league with an NBA body, right? So he is going to make an impact from day one. And, and I don't know if that matters or not, but I happen to just like players that can play basketball. Um, it, <laughs> it, you know, I think we get a little bit too hung up on shooting for the guy who may be a Hall of Famer instead of, wow, this guy's going to be really good for a really long time, and we know he's going to be really good for a really long time. Like, Scotty Barnes can play basketball. He can play offense. He can play defense. He's going to start from day one, and he is a starter. I think that matters for a team that it, it, I don't know that they want to tank. You know, I, I think that if they bring everyone back, this is a team that should be trying to compete for the playoffs. And if you want a guy who's going to contribute to that, Scotty Barnes is the guy. I don't know if Suggs is right now. Now, Suggs may wind up being a better player long term, and certainly, you know, Masai might get uh, roasted if he's putting up, you know, 30 a game, but I, I don't know. I like Scotty Barnes a lot. I liked him in high school. I liked him when, I, when I've when i seen him at USA camp, and uh, I, I think that that guy's going to be a really, really good player. He's a connector on the court, and people keep bringing up Draymond Green, and I think it's just because they don't know what to do with guys that can do so many things, and especially at his size and, and the way that he can play defense, but the truth is, Scotty Barnes is Scotty Barnes. He's one of one, and it, it's going to be he's a unique player, and, and I'm curious to see how his game grows. Um, too many folks think that he's you know, already where he is uh, going to wind up. They're not projecting the same growth for Scotty Barnes for some reason. And it's like, this guy's 19 years old. Who knows what he's going to be? That's a great take, Dave DeFore. That's a great take. That's why you're a lifer here on No Dunks. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that, it's, it's, and, and I think the growth that people should be projecting is a, is a high one for Scotty Barnes because it, 
he said it uh, on when he got drafted that he wants to be one of the best players in the NBA. I, I think he's not afraid of the offensive end whatsoever. The defensive body and, and what he uh, what he looks like in comparison to other NBA players, guys who are going to be in the league right now, uh, is important. He can go out there and uh, he's not going to get pushed over. He's going to make an impact on that end. And he has already made uh, an impact on the other end. He airballed the three, and then he kept shooting them. He's not scared, and I think that's going to continue uh, into his NBA life. Uh, I, I believe in him, and uh, I think he he believes in himself, and that's why he dropped the bang, bitch, uh, when he <laughs> when he hit that three. Our friend, uh, Great Dane, with a, a great drawing of uh, Scotty Barnes, we're showing you here on YouTube. Uh, the, the guy's a believer. He's blowing his uh, his pistol after shooting that three. Uh, but Jalen Suggs also obviously believes in himself. Uh, and uh, he was he was pretty freaking great. Uh, I, I just think the maturity of a lot of these guys, as I said earlier, I don't know if they're just the programs are getting better. Um, you know yourself. No, the Dave. kids are good. The kids are good, man. That's what it is. Um, and, and maybe this could be the LeBron effect. But if you look at the league, the guys under 25 to have the best vibes, right? Like <laughs> these guys, uh, they share the ball. And again, this could be the LeBron effect where you have the best player in the league is so well known for getting other people involved, making the right play, making the right pass. And now we have a generation that grew up watching that guy. It's cool, man. Like, John Morant is awesome. Like, just a perfect vibes. Looks like a great teammate. LaMelo Ball, like we just talked about. Anthony Edwards, who is the king of vibes. He somehow, somehow stole the title from Ricky Rubio. And, I, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I really like where the league is headed. It's got so much talent. And, you know, you talked about the G League. The G League probably is about 50% NBA players at this point. I mean, that's how talented right. the league is overall. And so it, it's nice to see that not only do you need to have talent, but you also have to have good vibes because I think basketball at its, at its peak is a good vibe sport. I mean, it's a communist sport if you, if you want to get technical because you have to share the ball <laughs> and everybody has to be a part. You know, like everyone has to grab the rope. And so many of these young guys come in understanding that. I mean, I talked about Cade Cunningham's leadership in Summer League, which is such a silly thing to say, but it exists. And, and so generally, younger guys in the league just have better vibes. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I want to figure it out, but I'm enjoying it. Um, all of these guys just seem like good dudes who want to hoop, and I, I, I respect it because I can, I can relate. Mm. Yeah, maybe they're just not jaded quite yet uh, by the business of it all, even though they're sort of involved in the business side of things already. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they they haven't Anth been traded after giving it all or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is never going to be jaded. No. I mean, he no. came into the arena where you're sitting right now doing this interview, and he did an interview. And as you said, uh, he is he's the king of social media, he's the king of interviews. Uh, that guy is money on the mic. I, and I... I look forward to the Timberwolves next year. I think they're going to grow, especially because of uh, you know guys like that, like the the swagger on him. I think Jaden McDaniels has been really good uh, in summer league as a second year guy. Uh, but yeah, there's there's guys who uh, not only believe in themselves, like uh, like Jalen Suggs, for instance. He was ready to take a game winner in his first game, but up and down this uh, this draft class. Even I think Jonathan Kaminga at seven. You talk about the Warriors uh, potentially being. You know, great again. You mentioned Draymond Green, a healthy Clay and Steph, and then they get a guy at six eight two ten. Marcus Thompson on the Athletic uh, described Jonathan Kaminga as a bully, and if he gets a little space, uh, he's shown that he can just 
dominate guys physically, and he's going to get space to shoot with 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 Steph and and Clay. Have you been as impressed as I have with Jonathan Kaminga, who people were also a little speculative about because he's got a lot of talent, but he hasn't necessarily put it, put it all together in his uh, his one year of G League. But the guy's eighteen freaking years old. I think the 18 years old thing is important to to keep in mind when you're thinking about him. He has bolder shoulders at 18. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a bigger guy in three or four years than he already is, and he he's already a man a, a man amongst boys here at summer league. Um, he he's a little bit shiftier than I expected. He's got nice burst and and you know gets this little you know one dribble move and can get to the hoop. I mean we've all seen the dunks, right? The guy is yeah. looking down at the rim when he's dunking, and he's able to get there like that. I mean, he's just so quick at getting up to the basket, which for a guy his size is kind of unique. So uh, I've liked seeing him on the ball as an initiator and, and and being aggressive, pushing the issue, trying to get to the basket. I'm curious how it's going to work having a guy who is going to be figuring things out on a team that expects to compete, I mean, for a title, not just make the playoffs. So I, I don't know if they're going to keep if he's going to get a lot of run, I, I suspect that he needs more G League time to to learn how to play Warriors basketball. I mean, playing with Steph Curry is a little bit different than playing with other guys. You have more responsibilities. You know, your screening responsibilities are different. And, and passing, that's going to be the biggest skill that he needs to develop. Can he figure out how to hit guys, you know, movement shooters like Clay and Steph on the move, hit them in their shooting pocket, setting up for for the threes that they need to take that actually is going to open up the space for him to attack the basket. Those sorts of things. So what we're seeing in summer league is maybe a precursor to to what we see in the regular season, but I'm curious to see how it fits and if he's a part of the rotation for a team that, like I said, I mean, they want to make the finals, I'm guessing. Yeah. You have Steph Curry he's in, and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. You should be trying to make the finals every year. I don't know if Kuminga is a guy that's going to contribute to that yet. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing with uh, – it's a bit like last year with Wiseman. I mean, do the Warriors keep these young guys or do they try to maybe package one or both of them even to get a vet? You know, they brought back Andre Iguodala, obviously. Now, Iggy's not the same player he was when he won the finals MVP. You know, he's certainly at the tail end of his career. But I feel that, you know, we're all very excited to have Clay Thompson back next season, assuming obviously everything goes well. But I do still feel the, the Warriors are, you know, that piece away from – really contending out in the West. I mean, maybe not. Maybe if when Draymond's, you know, there with Steph and Clay, they just bring that old chemistry back. But I just wonder if the Warriors do move on from one of these guys just to get that, you know, another big or someone who's more complimentary to their, their styles or just in that win-now mode, you know, because these younger guys just aren't. I, I have no expectations of Clay Thompson. You know, I, I think that that's kind of the, the big question mark for me. We saw what Steph did last year. I, I think Draymond is going to come back, from, especially from the Olympics, and, and just be more motivated and, and, and ready to go. But, of course, we know that he's going to take the regular season to get himself ready for the playoffs. But <laughs> Clay coming back from two years off and two big-time injuries. Yeah. And, and the ACL is more concerning to me for Clay than, than the Achilles because the ACL, you know, it just it seems like it affects shooters worse than guys who who play on the ball, which I know is a funny thing. But if you look at the statistics of shooters coming back from ACL injuries, it doesn't it doesn't go well usually. It, it, the the trends are down, and and he's aging. So I don't want to be like, oh, he's thirty two. I think he's thirty two. He's thirty two. He's basically got one foot in the grave. But coming back from two years off, two significant leg injuries, 
the if you're if you're expecting Clay Thompson to be an All NBA level player, I think that that's an unrealistic expectation. Right now, he's a mystery box, and and I think that going into the season, if you're Golden State. You have to approach it that way. You can't rest on your laurels if you expect to make the finals and say, well, we got Clay back because we don't know if he's still Clay. Yeah. I mean, looking at what Durant did, though, coming off an Achilles, obviously he didn't have the ACL as well, but he had an Achilles that, you know, a lot of guys who have had it has said that virtually ended their career because they don't get that explosiveness. But Kevin Durant's probably the, the greatest example I think we've seen of anybody coming back from an ace, uh, from an Achilles, where it's like, man, he was, you know, in the MVP conversation. If it wasn't for sort of coronavirus and a few other things this season, he probably was was right there with those other guys. So, in that uh, to that point, you know, I think Clay. I, I'm pretty confident that as a shooter and, and from what we've seen from Clay, he'll be able to get back to that same level. It might take him a few months just to adapt again, but uh, you know, in, in some ways, I think that. Um, the, just the advancements in you know technology and, and and the way guys recover, seeing what it did for Durant. I don't quite have the same sort of fear anymore that it can basically end a guy's career, which is great, right? You know, because because Kevin Durant in some aspects had his best season. You know, the way that he just came out there was smoothly scoring and, and doing it all. So hopefully that's a, that's a positive sign that uh, what we might be able to see from Clay when he does return. I, I will say that I think Durant getting the extra time off after the Achilles, I mean, he was basically out for, what, 18 months or something like that? Yeah, and, yeah. And Clay has had the extra time from the ACL, but not from the Achilles. And the Achilles uh, injury has prevented him from doing basketball stuff. So, again, it's just I, I worry about what it's going to look like as he's coming back. I hope – honestly, I hope they keep him out until January. That way he gets right. that extra window. You're, you're probably good enough that you can at least hang in the playoff race until then. But the extra time is key on that Achilles. I mean, I think Kevin Durant is a perfect example of what a guy can look like now – Coming back from Achilles with modern medicine, I mean, the surgical techniques have improved so much. I mean, we, we always forget that Rudy Gay had a torn Achilles. I mean, he yeah. came back just as explosive. I mean, Kevin Durant was, I mean, I, I've never seen a guy shoot contested shots like that. And, and maybe yeah. that's because of limited fans or whatever. Or he was just, it was pent up energy for, for Kevin Durant. And he was like, well, I can't miss a shot this year. I don't, I don't know what it was. But the Achilles clearly wasn't a problem for him. So I hope we see the same thing with Clay. But I yeah. can't well, assume it. Right. Uh, I th- yeah, the expectations, uh, the range on those expectations is going to be uh, pretty dramatic for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the people are going to have them, I-, I think, even as high as first in the West uh, to, yeah, but to pretty pretty low. I think one guy we should mention is Moses Moody, who's out there in Vegas being a, a defensive uh a, a, a glue guy that's probably going to get help from Iguodala as a, a wing defender. He looks like he's ready to contribute to the Golden State Warriors. Um that's a that's a, a classic preseason question we're going to be asking. What team has the biggest, you know, the, the biggest chasm of expectations? The Warriors should be one. Um, uh, one other preseason question we love to ask is who's going to take that jump from year one to year two? I mentioned Jaden McDaniel's is a guy with the the Timberwolves. Uh, I think has been really good out there from what I've seen. Anybody else that uh, strikes you as a guy who could take a jump, Dave? Desmond Bain. You look at what Memphis did. They they clearly had a goal in mind. They wanted him doing more playmaking on the ball. We saw that in college from him. It was one of the things that I actually liked about him was that I thought he could be a secondary, for sure a tertiary NBA playmaker. I mean, we know about the shooting. Teams respect the shooting. And, and now they've got a guy that I think that they trust on the wing because I, I believe he'll start next to, uh, next to Ja. 
when Ja gets into the paint and the defense is sucked in, they're going to be able to hit Bain on the wing, and you're going to be able to run side pick and roll because you know he can find a shooter. But also the threat of him shooting is going to create an advantage for, for their offense. So I think Desmond Bain is going – he's poised for a big-time season. He's going to open a lot of eyes, and we're going to get a lot of – you know, revisionist history on the draft. And a lot of people like myself probably say, wow, the Warriors should have gotten this guy. He can play. Yeah. I mean, drafting good players, it's a hell of a draft strategy. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to, uh, to, to <laughs> Zach Kleiman, uh, who's the GM of the Grizzlies. He popped into Sports Business Classroom. And I said, hey, man, I love that you just draft guys who can play already. Weird. You know, like <laughs> good basketball players playing basketball, uh, it works. And, and, you know, you get some success that is actually sustainable. It's, and it's, as, it's a, as a rookie, shot it too. He he was ready to four threes a game last year, and he shot forty three percent. It was uh, probably need something it, that need that volume to go up though. I I, yeah, I want to yeah. see him. You know, like let's get like seven eight threes per thirty six. That's the guy who should be doing that. I think he could be a forty five percent three point shooter on catch and shoot stuff. Like there's there's no question about it that he can put it in the basket. Now they need him to become a secondary guy, secondary playmaker or tertiary playmaker when Jaron Jackson is out there and healthy because that's going to be the thing that, that takes them to the next level and, and makes them a real playoff team, not a play-in team. Yeah, the Grizzlies are uh, one of the most exciting potential teams next season. You know, can Jar turn this super incredible talent into, you know, I mean, they had a, you know, made the playoffs. They took a game off the Jazz as well. You know, he, he's, he's certainly uh, living up to his end of the billing, but... Can Jaron Jackson stay on the court? I think that's probably the biggest question for the Grizzlies uh, heading into next season because there's no question he's got the talent. Now, he's, he's an unusual player too because he's 6'11", but he's not a big as such. He's more a bit like Bol Bol, a bit of a wing player. You know, he loves shooting those threes. He's not a great rebounder. So, you know, where are they going to fight? They traded Valanciunas as well, which was, you know, a bit of an unusual move. Uh, and they made a few other deals as well just, just in the last 24 hours here. So um, very, uh, you know, somewhat optimistic about the Grizzlies, but also not sure if they are better than they were last season right now. They may not be. I, I, a lot of this is going to be internal development. You know, Ja getting better. Jar- you mentioned Jaron staying on the court. Him being healthy, being able to get a full camp is going to be important for him. Um, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't foul as much. That's another issue with Jaron. Is yeah. Not only can he not stay on the court so far because of the physical stuff, which it happens, right? Like uh, guys get hurt. He had a knee thing. And it's been a weird couple of seasons too. So I think there's a little bit of caution on the on the Grizzlies' behalf. Uh, but he also fouls too much. And so you cannot take yourself off the, off the court, in particular yeah. when you have a hard time being on the court. So that's the sort of growth I want to see from from Jaron is staying on the court, you know, and for Ja, it's it's going to be about the three ball. Can he shoot the three better, especially off the dribble? And I think with Bain out there, you're going to get a little bit more space than he had before. Like people are going to respect Bain. People are going to respect Jaron Jackson as a shooter. I mean, which is, if you look at his numbers, he's on pace to be the most prolific big man, three point shooter in NBA history. I mean, it is, it is absurd what this guy has done so far in his career. And he was someone that I was high on as an all time potential defender because of his defensive feel and and that hasn't developed I've been shocked by that actually uh the foul the fouling still gets in his way but Memphis is is exciting because everyone can play their biggest problem is we have too many guys they're going to have to make consolidation trades and I mean you know we haven't even talked about Brandon Clark who was you know had a really weird season this past year but is still a good player so they've got so many guys on that team you know uh Xavier uh, Tillman 
who we're not even talking yeah. about. So they've done a good job of collecting good basketball players. I'm really curious to see how it's going to look when they make a team out of it. And you're not just saying that because their GM came through sports business classroom no. and talked to everybody. No, no, they are a collection of talent. Absolutely. And you said uh, one of their issues is how much talent they've collected. And we should talk about the trade that they just made. They added on a couple more players, which is surprising. Eric Bledsoe, if everyone remembers, he was a member of the New Orleans Pelicans, but went to the Memphis Grizzlies earlier in the offseason. Now they've traded him to the Clippers for Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu. So they added another couple of players. Eric Bledsoe, I would think, uh, is going to be a, a part of the Clippers' rotation. They've obviously given up on two point guards there and Beverly and Rondo, and they just hope Eric Bledsoe can be a little bit of a playmaker, especially with Kawhi out. They save a lot of money in this deal. But the Grizzlies, what do you think they're doing with this collection of Beverly, Rondo, and uh, a big man in Oturu, Dave? Well, this is the Otoru trade, right? Uh, <laughs> when they traded for Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton, we called it the Melton trade because you have to look. I mean, you know, get past the Pat Beverly and the Rajon Rondo. Think about where Memphis is as a team. This is what an what a easy way to pick up a, a young guy who might have some talent. Again, it's more bites at the apple for, for Memphis, and they're doing a great job of getting these guys. I mean, even that Josh Jackson trade, it was worth a shot. And it just didn't work out for them. Um, but they got but the melting part worked great. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do with Arturo. I mean, this is yet another big, and he might not get any minutes. But if he does, this is a team that certainly knows how to showcase those guys. And and I'm curious to see what happens. Again, collecting another good young player or potentially good young player. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take uh, one more quick break, but I do want to get to the sports business classroom that you're involved in every year and a potential. Potential sponsorship. I think we could have a, a co-sponsorship uh, between yourself at The Athletic and between No Dunks. We'll get to that in a second after a really quick break. And I mean a really quick break. This is just one ad. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We are back with The Athletics' Dave DeFore. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation so far, Dave. And uh, we actually partook in the sports business classroom a few years ago. We had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, We were uh, with NBA TV and the starters back then. You've been doing it year in and year out. Um, can you tell people uh, who are listening about the sports business classroom? Because I do think they would be interested. 
Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. We're, we're like embedded in Summer League, which is unique in and of itself. But, you know, it's a CBA, salary cap, scouting, analytics, uh, basketball ops, media and broadcasting crash course, I, I guess you could call it. Um, Larry Kuhn, who is Mr. CBA and salary cap, teaches people who want to work in the league how it operates and uh you know i put together a class i don't teach the class i more produce it um i bring in people like uh this year we had brian palga who used to be the assistant gm of the timberwolves dan purcell who was a longtime scout with the pelicans seth partnow uh, from the athletic uh running our analytics course eric pinkus works there uh bo estes from nba tv which i know good buddy of you guys um it's a really really unique place um it's a lot of i mean you guys know a lot of people in the league and you know that it's a relationship business and all of this stuff and so people get to come into our class meet people which is very hard to do but actually learn how how to get jobs in and around basketball and to learn that there's more than just sitting on the bench as a coach or being a player or a gm there you know ticket sales there's the the media stuff there's social media there's so many jobs in basketball so we're actually helping people chase down their passions. And, and again, I start to get corny when I talk about it, um, but I don't mind. Uh, it, it, a lot of earnest people putting in a lot of hard work and you know we spend the week working hard with them and for them. So it's a fun time and we're right in the middle of basically basketball convention. And, and it's a cool time to hang out with people who are also passionate about the sport. It's, I don't know, it's my favorite week of the year. I saw uh, Larry Kuhn coming out to a uh, standing ovation almost. I mean, are, are they playing the Alan Parsons uh, project music when he comes out there like the uh, Chicago Bulls from the Jordan days? <laughs> they ought to. I mean, listen, you guys know Larry, and there's no better guy on the planet. Um, and, and it's it's apparent. And, and these, you know, the, our students saw him working his butt off all week long for them. I mean, you know, he's the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. And I, I mean it, I mean, I, like we're here every morning at seven thirty in the morning. We don't see a lick of basketball and we go home at like 10 o'clock at night. But these people have, have kind of put their, their dreams in our hands and we take it seriously. It's, it's a, it's a privilege to be honest with you. And I know, again, it's, I know that sounds corny and, and certainly this is something that costs money and makes money. And uh, it's easy to be kind of a cynic about it, but I don't know, man, I, I don't like being cynical. It's fun. <laughs> and uh, Larry deserves to pop a bottle at the end of all that. So that's, that's why right. I'm showing you a bottle of uh, Larry Kuhn with a bottle of Barolo uh, yeah. celebrating there. Uh, I, I don't know much about uh, the wine world, but I know those Barolos are very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, touch, touch sweet. <laughs> a little uh, bit. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah. freaking good. Yeah. Uh, Ryan McDonough brought that for us. Uh, he helped us out with the program, a uh, former son's gm obviously and uh he knows that when we're in vegas larry and i like to to get after it a little bit we drink pretty good <laughs> scotch and we drink a pretty good bottle of wine every night and uh that was our bottle for our family dinner when we wrapped for the week so uh it was pretty nice and uh yeah man having a good time good people yep what was that scotch that you uh you were showcasing there was a couple i guess well i i brought a lagavulin 18 distillers edition i bought it in 2014 uh on, on my way out of europe um yeah, it was delicious, man. I was saving it. I was gonna, we were going to have it last year, and so I haven't opened this thing. And uh, Larry and I always bring a bottle, and, and he outdoes me every year. It's not fair. I'm operating, you know, like below the cap, and he's like, uh, yeah, here's this bottle I flew in from Japan. I'm like, okay. 
But, uh, you know, it's a good time, man. Like, to be able to share so many passions with... Larry, Larry Kuhn is like a brother to me, and I'm going to start getting really, really corny here. But <laughs> to be able to share so many passions with somebody who is also just such a good person, it's fun, man. Like, again, this is a special place and special people, and I love Summer League. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Yes, it, it, is, a, it is a good time uh, because it's the people who really want to be there are, are generally there. Uh, yeah. There aren't... Uh, there aren't the uh, the showboater fans generally. Uh, you you got you got to love ball if you're watching. Uh, oh yeah. I mean the jersey <laughs> the jerseys in this place, man. There was a Sarunas Marcellonis jersey floating uh, yeah. around here. I mean it, this is this is uh, it's basketball Woodstock. Yeah. It's fun, man. I, there's, yeah, it's, you, imp- you always, you, it's impossible to be here good- and not feel that energy and kind of get good vibes out of it. And and I mean yeah. this what a great place if if you have a kid that you want to introduce to the NBA. You can buy a ticket for, I don't, I don't know what they are, like 50 bucks. You could show up at 1 o'clock, and you can watch games until the kid is passed out. Like, what a cool place. I mean, there's nothing and like pretty it. close to the action, too. That's the thing. Like, you're not up in the nosebleeds. I, I don't think they actually even, like, allocate seats, do they? I think you just buy a ticket, and you sit wherever you want. So, yeah, yeah you can get courtside access to, you know, the next generation. And in some cases, like Super Cool Bees, you can get some uh, past legends out there as well. So, but but on top of that, yeah, you see LeBron sometimes out there and Wade and, uh, you know, legends of the game. So yeah, I agree with you. It is actually a really cool experience if you um, if you have kids who are interested and, you know, you, you want to be out in Vegas and, uh, and watch some basketball. Yeah, not the greatest basketball of all time, but uh, fun basketball and a fun activity. And everyone's just a little bit looser too because you're not in the middle of the season where sometimes when you have a conversation with people who are involved in teams and front offices, there's something going on. Maybe there's a trade going down, so they're a little bit more tense. But out there, everyone seems a lot happier to, to just talk and to uh, you know shoot the shit with everybody, which, is, uh, which makes it a great fun uh, activity. Yeah, this is the thing that brought us all together. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. basketball, and I think that it's summer league. This is the most pure NBA basketball that, that there is. It's very earnest and honest and... I don't know. Guys trying to get a job, like we can all relate to that. You know, I've got a. We all work hard to be where we are. Um, uh, You guys have been doing this forever. I mean, they're about to start a practice here, and I I get to watch these guys who are chasing their dream, and it's really cool to see that this close. And it's different. It's a different experience, especially after what we all went through, right? Like we lost this last year, and it makes me appreciate it even more. Right, for sure. Um, well, uh, we will let you uh, do your thing. Um, I, I did sort of tease a, a sponsorship, a co-sponsorship that we could have. Now, it's not as good as a, a potential Scotch sponsorship, which would be more interesting. But I saw you rocking these Sauconies on the Basket Bud set, the Athletic NBA show. Uh, I'm a Saucony man myself. And oh. uh, these are buttes. Thank these you. Are, these, these are classics. <laughs> we got to get... People on the horn here at the athletic to get us a Saucony deal because uh, you know these are I don't know if these are called the jazz retros or something that you're rocking here. We're showing them to you on yeah. YouTube, but but they're pretty and that's why that's why they had you on the end of the set so they could show off your legs and show off those Saucony's. <laughs> that's right. I don't skip leg day, guys. Um, those are those are the uh, the Saucony Jazz Low Pro. I think I have like 15 pairs. You know, they're they're comfortable, nice. Uh, zero drop shoes and yeah I've been working on a Saucony sponsorship for about two years now I always hit up uh, my friend Mike Sykes who I don't know if you guys follow but he's a great shoe uh, shoe follow guy Um, so I hit him up all the time and uh, yeah Saucony holler at your boy come on (laughs) Mm. 
I wear these things. Yeah, they're they're comfortable. They they're colorful and uh, they're fun and they're not expensive. Great shoes. It looks today, like you need a pair. We got yeah. oh, <laughs> nice. We're on vacation mode now. Yeah, I was, was going to say it looks like yeah. you need a pair of socks to go with the sock, and he's there as well in the uh, <laughs> in that photo. Were they just the ankle socks in there, or are oh, you, yeah. you going sockless? Oh, yeah, okay. it's too sweaty around here. Come on, yeah, you no, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Just yeah. blow your shoes up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, this is—I mean, it's a fun time, and yeah, we definitely put me on the end to show my legs off. Come on. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate your time, Dave. Any social media plugs? Anything you, else you want to plug other than your love for Sockenies? No. No, just <laughs> subscribe to the Athletic. Leave a five-star review for this podcast. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm bad at plugging. Everybody knows where I'm at, and I'm on every podcast here. So turn on an <laughs> Athletic podcast, and uh, you'll hear me probably. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Really, really appreciate the time. Enjoy your last uh, day or two. You said you're driving out. Yeah, in, I'm gonna uh, drive. Uh, I've been hitting up. You know, I, I move all the time, so I, I collect friends in a lot of places, and it's been nice to be able to pop through and. You know, drink a beer outside with my with my buddies. It's, it's uh, you know, hopefully we're moving back to normal. Although it doesn't feel like it, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if we are. I yeah. know. I, I hope so. I'm I'm hopeful for the fall that people are going to turn this around. I mean, it, it takes us to do it, you know. Um, but it's been good for me to be able to stretch my legs a little bit. I'm a road trip guy. I mean, you guys know. <laughs> I, I I was in Atlanta. Uh, what was it? December of 19, right? On another road trip. So. Uh, I need these road trips, so let's let's straighten this out. Let's get back to normal. Right on, man. Hopefully, we are having another beer in Atlanta soon. Uh, hopefully, you come through. We uh, we do love plugging stuff here on the show, so I'm going to plug our uh, Fast and Furious series. These guys will be uh, dropping another one this week. Fast and Furious number three, Formula One show coming up. Apple exclusive on the hall of fame body parts uh, so make sure you tune in for that thanks so much for tuning into this now it's time for the clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us everybody and remember let's hope that this season bowl bowl is more than just a role role player <laughs> embrace summer league people thanks dave thank you yes.